And welcome to Comic Talkers, where comics is always the top of our discussion. My name is Brandon. And I'm William. And today we are continuing Green Lantern Month by actually doing our book club for the month. Willie, do you want to say talk about what our book club is for the month? Absolutely. So if you heard in one of our uh, previous videos, uh, we talked about our top five uh, Green Lantern storylines. And to no surprise, we both picked the same as our number one. So it was, I don't think it'd be any surprise for any of our listeners that we would decide to go with that for our book club. So we are going to be discussing Blackest Night. Yes. And for anybody who doesn't know Blackest Night, I am going to give you guys a full warning. Um, there are some scenes in the story that are gruesome. Um, of course, this is kind of like a zombie story without really being zombies. Um, so please understand that viewer discretion is advised. Um, not only that, the only reason we're doing this story too, it is probably one of the most, if not the most important storyline in Green Lantern Mythos. Um, let me give you a little rundown of this. Um, this is a nine issue run that is, this includes issue zero, um, that ran from June, 2009 to May of 2010, written by the famous Jeff Johns with art with Ethan Van Skyver, Peter Tomasi, Dave Gibbons. Willie, I want to ask you quick, and also Ivan Reese before I forget. Willie, I want to ask you about Jeff Johns. Now, Jeff Johns, for anybody who does not know, pretty much has revitalized the Green Lantern Corps. Probably one of the most, if not the most important writer ever. And I know we had, what was it? We had three stories on our list with mm -hmm. him on it, and all three the same stories. We had Blackest Night, like we said, Sinestro Core War and Rebirth. All Jeff Drawn's writings. What was it? How Larfley's Christmas special was also a Jeff Drawn's yeah, writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your opinion on Jeff Drawn's? Like, do you feel he, without him, we wouldn't have the Green Lantern Corps we, we know and love today? Or, you know, I, I, I really don't think we would. I mean, I'm probably going to be shunned for saying this, but I'd never really heard of him before we started doing this month. And as it's probably my fault. We probably did talk about him before, but I just can't recollect it. But yeah, I, I didn't really know much about him until we started getting into the, the uh, Green Lantern month and started seeing some of the stories that he's written and he's been a part of. And every one of his stories I feel like has made such a huge impact. I, I couldn't see anybody else like really writing for Green Lantern on a grand scale if it didn't involve him. I mean, I'm not saying, not saying that people haven't, I'm just saying that nobody has the biggest influence as he does. See, I never knew you actually didn't know who Jeff Jones was or like you didn't really put two and two together. I'm sorry, fans. I just passed down my chair there for a minute. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, when I heard Willie say he did not know who Jeff Jones was, I was like, what? That shouldn't be too much of a surprise, though. I think we've made it. Hold, hold on. I think we've made it clear that when it comes to names of writers, I'm not the most in depth when it comes to the knowledge of them. Like, aside from Stan Lee, I don't think I could pull, like, one off the top of my head no, I, unless I'm, I really, really thought about it. And granted, that's totally fine. I I was just messing, fans. I, I always, whenever I can do a wise crack at Will, I'm going to, because that's... Yeah, because usually I'm the one doing it. 
yeah, you always do it to me. So whenever I get a chance, I'm going to do it to you. Um, but um, no, I agree with you. Jeff Johns revitalized comics. And I will admit that not only I feel he is a significant writer in Green Lantern, he also rebooted Flash, which is another good run. He also did Shazam, who another, again, if you love the Shazam movie, you can thank Jeff Johns for pretty much writing the material for that story. He doesn't only do comics he also does the shows he has a hand in the shows he has a hand in the movies it's it's now granted that not really talking much because not all the movies are great but for the most part they're decent i will even sit here and say they're decent because i like aquaman i like wonder woman um not 1984 i'm the original wonder woman um and i like um what was it what was the other one i was thinking there for a minute I can't remember on top of my head, but yeah, Batman versus <laughs> Batman versus Superman. No, uh, Shazam. Shazam was okay. I'll give you that. Shazam was okay. It's not my favorite, um, but I know there's a lot of people who love that movie. It's not one I can go for. But, um, but what's going to get back to the story here? Um, this tells the story. So Blackest Night tells the story of a prophecy called Blackest Night, a prophecy that haunts the Green Lantern Corps. It comes to pass as Black Lantern rings start to soar across the universe to resurrect fallen heroes from the dead, where rings become more powerful the more these Black Lanterns kill. Dead allies and enemies emerge as they take on their old allies and adversaries, led by the recently resurrected Black Hand. I'm not going to go too far into this because I kind of want to get into the story, but we are going to warn fans too. Because of how vast this story is, it's like I said, nine issue run, and there's a lot of information we have to discuss. This is going to be a two-parter. So we're going to cover issue zero to issue four today in this podcast. And then we're going to be doing issues five through issues eight, which will come out a few days later. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into the story. Um, So we're going to start with the prologue, which is or part zero. Now, Willie, I want to ask you something quick. There is a thing, a little acronym that goes R-O-Y-G-B-I-V, which is the color course. These are the emotional spectrums that can be found throughout the universe. Willie, do you know what all those are, including their colors and what emotions they represent? Well, better after this last month. Yeah, um, better. <laughs> like, I'd be like, okay, this podcast is indie. So, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure i know all of them it's red rage uh orange greed yellow fear green will uh blue is uh you better get blue right that's mine man like i even know that one i'm gonna skip blue for now i need to think on that How one dare you. <laughs> But there's uh, indigo, which was compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was violet, or uh, something sapphire, star sapphire, which was love. Now um, it's back to blue, man. If you don't yeah. get it right, man, I tell you, blue was hope. There you go. Yeah. Now, that one always throws me off because hope is like, like I never really think of hope unless it has to do with Superman. Right. And why yeah. I say hope is one of my favorites, because hope is actually the core that I feel most represented by. 
it's hope. And the fact that I never give up hope on anything. I very optimistic about things, everything like that. So Willie, it's going to lead me to a second question. When it does come to these cores, who do you say you probably represent or what, what represents you the most? Like what ring do you think would cast to you or come to you and say, you are now the new lantern of this? Who, who do I say, or who do all the internet tests that I've taken say? Um. <laughs> like me, it's hope. And that's, and that's tests plus. Yeah. So. Well, like if it was going to be me and what I wanted, I would say fear just because I like the color yellow. But I think. <laughs> <laughs> but if I was going to say what actually goes with my personality and my views i would have to say uh indigo okay because i i feel like i am a pretty compassionate person i like to like i really feel for everyone's situation when it comes to certain events and i try to provide help in any way i can right now if only they had funny <laughs> No, unfortunately. What color would that be? Teal. Because <laughs> nobody, nobody, everybody thinks that's kind of a joke color. I I'm love the it. teal Power Ranger. What? <laughs> <laughs> that would just give a laugh right away. It's like you know, or what was a gray? You know, it's like <laughs> I'm the gray power. What are you doing here? Like it's just so. Let's jump back into the story. Um, this actually starts with this. It comes kind of like an internal monologue given by Hal. And I'm going to mention this really quickly before we really get into the main story. There was darkness, then there was light, and the war between them began. When a dying alien gave me a ring of green willpower, it became my job to brighten the blackest corners of space. Recently, that's gotten a little more complicated. I was a kid when I learned about the spectrum of colors. Any Anyone over the age of three knows it. R-O-Y-G-B-I-B. I don't pay attention to it. I was never an artist. I was just a guy trying to prove he wasn't afraid of anything or anyone. My name is Hal Jordan. I'm an officer of the Green Lantern Corps Space Sector 2814. No matter how brightly I shine my light today, the shadows won't be lifted. So why he says that last line is because we stand right now at the gray site of Bruce Wayne. So for anybody who does not know how Bruce Wayne dies, let me explain a little bit. This happens in an event called Final Crisis. In the process of killing Darkseid, he takes a shot by the Omega Beams of Darkseid in the process of killing him, but accomplishes his job and kills Darkseid. Now, people, granted, we're, we've already went over this in Batman month. Batman doesn't kill. Batman will kill if it's for the best of people. And dark side in this case, um, pretty much was threatening the world. Just don't let Alfred know. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I know this is Green Lantern Month, but I'm gonna ask you. We're gonna go back to ego quick. Now, <laughs> I know we talked about this a lot. Do you feel it was justified for him killing Dark Side? But yet, why does he not feel it's justified to kill the Joker? If you can kill Dark Side with no issue then why can't you kill Joker who kills more people? I think personally it would be because in a way, I mean, it's been 
talked about before, but I think Batman does see himself in Joker quite a bit. So I think for him, it may seem like if he was to kill Joker, he'd essentially be killing himself. You had a point there. I'll give you that. Like, I just look at it this way. Like, yeah, granted, Darkseid's not human. He's an alien. He's a new guy. But when you look at somebody like that and just go, you can kill him for the greater good. Yeah, his killing rate would be like in the rate of extinction. But even then, you don't kill the Joker and yet it's like, oh, hey, I'm going to kill 100 more people. You're just going to put me back in jail and I'll just escape. That's how I look at it. This is one of those, you can kill Darkseid just to protect people, but you can't kill Joker. Yeah, and, and what you said, I agree with. It's something I do understand. It's something that it does make sense. So let's kind of just go on to the next part of the story. So all of a sudden, Barry Allen joins Hal at the great site. Now, Willie, I'm going to ask you another question really here, quick here. Do you know why Barry Allen is significant in this issue? Why is it so important that it's Barry and not Wally? I think it was because they he was believed to be dead, right? Yes. So this takes place in an event called Crisis on Infinite Earths. If you guys have not read it, please go read it. It is such a great story. I would love to cover it. Well, that's a future future <laughs> storyline we're going to cover because I love that story a lot. You save that for Flash Month. Yeah, no, we're doing Flashpoint. That is like a guarantee we're doing Flashpoint. Because <laughs> I want to talk about the death of Flash in that <laughs> it's like yeah we're going to talk about the death of flash and yet we're going to say oh it's not morbid i don't like that so <laughs> just do a whole bunch of book, book clubs that have to do with the death of flash yeah <laughs> what was it so this is because till just before this event barry was thought to be dead um for the time being wally west was the main flash in the absence of barry allen um barry sacrificed himself to save the multiverse and the event crisis on infinite earths but we find out that barry did not die he was lost in the speed force so it it's an interesting thing to talk about because it it really is because that was such a monumental moment and the fact that he was thought to be dead for over in our years 23 years and then he returns so it was a significant death because he wasn't resurrected for a long time and then all of a sudden, oh, it was just a speed force. It's just like, why? Like, why? Like, for me, I know me and you, Will, we're huge, or you and I are, are huge Wally fans more than we yeah. are Barry. It's not saying Barry's not a good Flash, just we grew up with Wally. That's who we knew as the Flash until about 2007, 2008, and that's when Barry came in. And then that's what we get in the show and in the movies. It's Barry Allen, which I would love to see them just do a Wally West story. At this point, just make Wally West your green your flash. At this point, I don't care. <laughs> um, so let's jump back to the story. Um, and I swear this, we got a question later on, but we're okay for a while. We're going to get right back into the story. Um, while Barry and Hal are standing at the gray site, Barry mentions how he has been picking up more on the police scanner. The fact that without the back signal, or bat signal, sorry, I can really talk today, lighting up the sky, that more criminals in Gotham are coming out more during the night. During their conversation, they bring up the fact that Bruce didn't have a funeral. Hal mentions the fact that Bruce didn't want to have one. After they discuss this, Hal and Barry start to discuss their funerals. Now, granted, we've already know we were thought to be Barry died, but we also find out 
Pal dies at one point when he was possessed by Parallax. Um, we'll kind of get to that a little later. Um, I don't want to kind of talk about that right now um, because it is a complicating story. Um, like I said, if you listen to our top five, you hear I talk about Emerald Twilight where he's possessed by Parallax. Um, one of my favorite storylines, it's a three arc or, or three issue story arc, morally one of the best in my opinion. And you find that he finds a sense of redemption. Um, mainly we're going to go over that when we talk about Oliver Queen later on in the story, which if anybody doesn't know who Oliver Queen is, it's Green Arrow. So let's continue. When they thought Barry Allen had died, his funeral was packed with fellow heroes, family, and friends. When Hal died, his funeral was the total opposite. Hal states that when I was infected by Parallax, driven mad with fear, and they thought I was dead, my tombstone was desecrated. Not by my enemies, but by old allies. I died a sinner, you died a saint. Interesting little comment, huh? That's actually kind of a nice little thing. The fact that he did die as a sinner because he was, when he becomes Parallax, he's grateful. He's, he's in agony because the city's lost and, you know, he'd do anything to get it back. So he does it for his own desires. Yeah. He doesn't do it for the main people. Barry died by trying to save the multiple. And sacrificed himself in the process. And he, and he won, but it was just the point. He sacrificed his life saving everybody. Which, granted, I believe Hal does too. I know Hal sacrifices himself to save the sun, which, again, we'll get to that later, or to ignite the sun. But it was just the point that his reputation was tarnished because of Parallax. That's why later on you find stories like Rebirth where you find out Batman doesn't trust in hell. Um, so not only that, that they're talking about their deaths, they actually talk about a couple Justice League members' deaths as well. Um, mainly Aquaman, who was killed after months of being in a mutated state, which I don't know tons about that story. I wasn't a big Aquaman fan during this time, so I was kind of like, ah, I'll just leave it alone. Martian Manhunter was actually murdered by some of Darkseid's followers. So, so we're going to continue from there. I don't have to go too much. We're not going to go over everybody's death, but we are going to bring up some of the Black Lanterns that are coming up, and I will kind of give you a little description of them. Hal and Barry decide to leave the gravesite. But when that happens, we see a mysterious figure standing afar, from them as he looks upon the two. A mysterious figure walks towards Bruce's gravesite. In the process of this, we see other fallen heroes' gravesites, including Ralph and Sue Digby, um, which is elongated man and his wife. Willie, do you know? I I don't, if I'm not mistaken, Ralph or elongated man um, commit suicide. If I'm not mistaken, or he sacrificed himself, one of the two, I can't remember why off the top of my head, but do you know Sue Digby? Um, it sounds familiar, but I can't recall it off the top of my head. Okay, so her death happens in an event which I would also love to cover one day: identity crisis. Um, what happens is is that we find out, which we'll go on to go over a little bit too. We find out a ex-wife of a Justice League member decides to use her husband or ex-husband's suit, shrink down. And cause some damage in her. And in the process to hide the evidence, she burns her. 
So it does get pretty graphic. That's why we told you guys from the beginning, for your discretion is advice. There's a lot of things that happen. Um, and then Ralph is pretty much depressed after because he was the one that held his wife in his hands when he found the dead body. And then after that, I think it happens in 52, um, which is an event we are covering next year, which I'm happy about. Um, they, I believe he commits, if I'm not mistaken, he commits suicide. But I don't swear by that because it's, I know he makes appearances, but you could tell like he is at wit's end at that point. I know that part, but I don't know how he ends. I know he dies, but well, of course, he's at his gravesite, right? Um, and that's never nothing to, fun, to make fun of. That's not what I'm doing. It's trying to explain what happens without going too far. Um, Ronnie Raymond firestorm this is one half so anybody does not know there's two people who make firestorm and this at this point it's ronnie raymond and fire or professor stein which if you watch the shows those are the two that are it um in the book you'll find out later on too there's a new firestorm and we'll get to them later but it's two different people um we find out that this mysterious figure is black hand who was actually a villain of green lantern but was more of a nuisance He's kind of just one of those villains that you could just shove away and not care about. Well, he's resurrected and as a Black Lantern. Um, Willie, I'm going to ask you this. What does the Black Lantern Corps represent? Death. Death. Death and destruction. What was it? What, what was it? It's, it was one of, I, I'll admit, when we did our anime characters, that was like one of the hardest ones we ever did because that one was just like, who are we gonna put with death it was just one of those like we gotta go morbid here and it was just sad but it was you know it had to happen we had to pick a person for it this would be like our black hand in this case so um now we notice that black hand gets the skull of bruce wayne or what we think is bruce wayne now we'll get to that later and he recites the oath of the Black Lantern Court, which goes like this. The blackest night falls from the skies. The darkness grows as light, all light dies. We crave your hearts and your demise. By my black hand, the dead shall rise. This ends part zero. This is a great introduction to it. We went over Hal and Barry. That was the main part of the story. Um, and you're going to see that these two are kind of the main characters throughout the stories, Barry and Hal. And not only that, we get a good represent or good first introduction to Black Hand as a Black Lantern. So we're going to go ahead, Willie, I'm going to actually ask you, how did you feel about that first part? Did you like it? What did you not like about it? What was some things that you kind of went, okay, something's not right here? Or what? Was Honestly, it's very investing it's um like it, it sucks you in to like ask questions mm -hmm. because if you hadn't read any other storylines that happened before this or going at the same time as this you would have so many questions like how did barry allen die right. what happened to how what happened to batman why is he dead right who is Dark Hand? And I'm 
Darkhand, or not Darkhand, Blackhand. Get it right, man. You can't say black. It's not physically correct. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I want to ask you, because I know me and you have went, like, I know when we read this um, a while back, too, we, you even came to me and were like, I don't remember these guys dying. And it's like, yeah, yeah they did. You know, like, Sue Digme, I remember giving you guys the, or giving you the identity crisis. You were kind of like, I remember what happens, but I don't remember where it was. And in, in, in that's such a significant death. And there's so many, I love how they just bring up the significant ones. So it was kind of like, oh, okay sure like firestorm i'll admit i didn't know how he died that was one i did not know it was just like oh arnie raymond died i didn't know that like seriously it's just one of those i was kind of like oh okay like i knew elongated man i knew his wife i knew batman died i knew martian manhunter died aquaman i was kind of like i kind of got confused like i said i didn't read a lot but it was just one of those like eh, i could pass on it like i didn't care about it but I, I think it sets up a lot, and I agree with you. It sets up a lot of questions, especially for people who are not into Green Lantern. It's going to be like, to me, yeah, it, when I look at the story, it's like I don't recommend this as like a first story to a new reader. But yeah. even then, you know enough about Green Lantern. At this point, this is where I kind of got back into Green Lantern was Blackest Night. And then it made me want to go read more, and I did. I started reading more about it. And then that's how I did my own research about things. And it just grew my interest. So we're going to jump to part one. So story picks back up with Black Hand still at the gray side of Bruce Wayne. What we then realize is a swarm of Black Lantern rings start to swarm throughout the universe or start to soar throughout the universe. Now, I want to bring this up because this kind of was like a day of grieving for all the superheroes. And... So we're going to jump to a barrage of superheroes as they mourn as for their fallen comrades. So bear with us. Like we said, one half of Firestorm, Professor Stein, is at Ronnie Raymond's grave site. Teen Titans are actually mourning their loss of teammates. The Rogues, which, Willie, who are the Rogues? Because I know you're a huge Flash fan. Who's the Rogues? Carrie's a huge Flash fan. Uh, <laughs> but they're a Flash villain group. Yep. Think of the Sinister Six, but for the Flash. But and to like four or five people. It's not six. Um, they're mourning their deaths of their fallen teammates, which I kind of like that because it wasn't just the heroes, it was the villains. Um Booster Gold, Fire, Ice, Guy Gardner. Gosh, I hate talking about him. And Black <laughs> Canary. Um, visit Ted Cord. Now you know who Ted Cord is. Uh Blue Beetle, right? Yep. Blue Beetle, one of the it was the Blue Beetle before Jaime Reyes. So, and uh, they visit their gravesite. Um, Mara, who's Aquaman's wife, is her dead husband's gravesite. Aquaman, Alfred goes to Bruce's gravesite. Now, this is where it really starts to get interesting. But what you know, for the fact when Alfred goes out there, he finds that Bruce's final resting place has been tampered with. Hal projects an energy projection to Barry of all their fallen comrades. So this is going back to Howell and Barry as they're continuing talking because Barry was even asking like, who all passed? Like, like, why am I missing stuff? And he puts a projection of more, all pretty much all the heroes that have passed. And we get a collage of them. Like there's tons, I'm not gonna go over all of them. We're gonna get to some of them here shortly. Um, and it kind of makes Barry realize like, oh crap, I've been gone that long. And now, 
we're going to jump now to the guardians of the universe, which is the oldest beings alive, other than the entities, other than anything like that. Um, they're on Space Sector Zero right at the moment, which is, which is Oa, the home world of the Green Lantern Corps. As reports start to fly in from all over the universe, one of the Guardians mentioned the coming of Blackest Night cannot be prevented, only confronted. When toying if they should order the Green Lanterns back to Oa so they may confront this all at once, one of the Guardians, by the name of Scar, starts to attack the other Guardians. As we find out, he's actually helping the rise of the Blackest Night prophecy. And while he was killing him, he said, long live the king. Pretty much. <laughs> Um, we jump now to Hawk Girl and Hawkman. Um, we're not going to go into the what all was going down with them. Um, one of the main things they were talking to is they were talking about um, what was it um to the atom. But what was going on is because what was it Adam was talking about maybe going to see um, Jean, who's his ex-wife, which we find out is the killer of. Sue Digby, which I told you we get to it. Just give us a little time. We got you. Um, which I already said, he pretty, she pretty much used Adam's suit to shrink down, cause issues, and that's it. And pretty much burned the body after. So there was no evidence. Um, now, in the process of Hawkman kind of going on a rant here, Hot Girl then is stabbed from the back by Sue Digby, which how do you, you know, you're probably thinking, didn't you just say Duke Sue Digby was dead? What if I told you she got a black lantern ring, which pretty much is like a zombie at this point. Now, the zombies are actually kind of interesting here because they actually feed off their emotions and their past. So they still talk like normal, but they have black lantern rings, which is very powerful tools. And then they kill, um, what was it? Hawkman. In the process, karma. Uh, also becoming Black Lanterns. Then right after, pretty much after they die. Now, what we need to bring up too, before we go continue, is that each person they kill raises the power of their rings. So the more people a Black Lantern kills, it raises the percentages up. Usually, when we talk about Lantern Core rings, what happens is is that their power levels go down. And they have to recharge. These are going up per how many people they kill. So we start to see some of these rings start to land um, to fallen heroes or villains. Now I'm going to go over a few of them that they mention here, and we're going to go from there. John Jones. Who's John Jones, Will? Martian Manhunter. There you go. Kat Matui. I've talked about her too many times. You should know who she is. Of course I know who that is. Who? John, Sto John Snow's wife. John Snow. John Stewart's wife, yeah. Yeah, Green, Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, Ronnie Raymond, we've already talked about. One half of Firestorm. D. Tyler, I will even admit I even know who the crap this woman is. And I, I, I've read comics for a while and I didn't even know who this was. Phantom Lady, never heard of her. Um, Ryan Kendall, Black Condor, again, never heard of him. Roy Lincoln, Human Bomb, never heard of him. Al Pratt, which I have, the original Adam. Jenny Lynn Hayden, Jade, Alan Scott's daughter. Will you know who Alan Scott is? 
no, the only Scott that I know is Scott Lang. Okay, so you know Scott Free too. Scott Free, Mr. Miracle. Yeah. But Alan Scott is really technically the first Green Lantern, but he's not powered by the same Lantern Corps. It's seriously like his ring is own, his own power source. There's really mm-hmm. nothing like that. He is like the first Lantern in comics. And he has a daughter named Jade, who's pretty much like constructs. That's literally what she's made. Like, she's a human, but she she literally can make herself look like she's ablaze with willpower. So it's actually kind of interesting. Rosie Dillon, top, which is a Flash villain. Lisa Snart, Golden Glider, another villain. Digger Harkness. You should know who Digger Harkness is. Who's Digger Harkness? No idea. Captain Boomerang. Captain Boomerang. That's his name? Digger Harkness. Wow. Digger. I've only ever heard it as Digger. Digger Harkness. I've only ever heard him just being called the Boomerang. Yeah, it's Digger Harkness. D-I-G-G-E-R. Yep. Harkness. So. The more you know. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> the last person is Arthur Curry, Aquaman. So. Um, and like I said, Captain Boomerang is literally literally his name spells D-I-G-G-E-R. So when I say Digger, that's literally his name. Digger Harkness. That's it. So just to make sure we're clarifying and not offending anyone. Yeah, we don't want to think people are thinking we're saying Duh. another bad word. We're not. we're not saying that. We're we're saying we're trying to Digger. We're even trying to spell it out for you. So, you know, we're not trying to say this um, or try to make it sound like an offensive slur. Um, now, we turn back to Barry and Hal as they come face to face with a Black Lantern Martian Manhunter. Now, what was it? I've already, I've already talked about this with the whole every time a Black Lantern kills somebody, their power rings go up. How do you feel about that? Do you like that or not really? It's kind of scary. It is kind of scary. It's it's scary on the aspect of like how strong are they already that they can kill superheroes? Right. So like if you think of how strong they already are, the fact that the rings get more powerful with the more people that they kill. Right. There's it's kind of terrifying like what the possibilities end up being. Now we will find out in the story when they reach reaches a hundred percent, what happens. So we're going to wait to that. Cause that will come in this segment. What happens? So we're going to, this pretty much ends part one. Again, another informational one, you start seeing different villains come in, different heroes come in as black lanterns, which pretty much make them villains. doesn't matter if you're a hero or a villain, you're a villain now pretty much um how do you like about some of these villains and heroes that are resurrected right off the bat honestly slightly confused mainly just because of the fact that a lot of them i've never heard of granted which does it it does give you the point that if you like this is one of those comics that if you don't know a a lot about certain heroes right this is a good one to kind of give you names that you could look up if they sound interesting like i'll tell you right now i didn't know who phantom lady was i didn't know who black condor was and i didn't know who human bomb was never heard of them 
Never heard yeah. of those characters. Never interested. Like even then, when I go look at some like, a character, I didn't know that. I could imagine the human Bob had a short run. <laughs> Don't want to say that. Um, I think his power is kind of unique. I can't remember exactly, but it was like kind of like how Nitro's is, and if I'm not mistaken, kind of like how Nitro's is, and in like the like the mutant universe in Marvel, kind of like how he explodes and then he just comes back. So it's something mm-hmm. like that, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember exactly. I don't even really know if he's a hero or villain. But um, please tell us in the comments if he's a hero or villain. I never heard of him. Just kind of a weird one to kind of guess. Like, really? That's who they go with? Yeah, if you know in the comments, educate us. Yeah, please let <laughs> us know. You know, um, we're going to jump to part two. So, Willie, I'm going to have you jump to part two. Sure. Uh want to bring up the fact first off that we start this uh started up with the atom uh roy palmer uh trying to call hawkman to discuss something that is bugging him uh to make peace with his ex for what she had done for anybody who's listening to me i am reading a script because i'm i'm don't have the best memory all the time but I'm, I'm trying to read off a script. I don't even call it a script. I just call it off notes for the fact that, you know, we don't go everything off notes. It's just a matter of <laughs> it keeps us on target. So I don't even look at it as a script. I know, like, I know me and Willie really is like, you're writing a script. And it's like, no, I'm not writing a script. It just helps me keep <laughs> focus. It's like, okay, now I'm here. And then when we did this story, Willie's like, okay, I might actually use your notes because I don't remember everything. So I got to go back and, yeah. Know, yeah, usually I try to go off of the book because I'm able to pull things off. But when they're shorter books, I can do that. When they're longer books with a lot of details, I have to go off the notes. <laughs> That's what we, it's not scripts, it's notes. So <laughs> we go off scripts. Um, that was it. All right. So, yeah. So anyway, um, in the previous part, when he is trying to talk to Hawkman, Hawkman grew upset with the Atom and hung up the phone. We start this part up. Uh, with the Adam calling again and asking Hawkman to talk, uh, which Hawkman tells him to come over. Uh, what Roy doesn't know is that Hawkman has been killed and has become a Black Lantern. Um, so I wanted to ask you, like, because I didn't read a lot of the stuff that happened before this, uh, do you know actually, like, more of the controversy that was going on with the adam and hawkman so it's not so much a controversy with hawkman and him hawkman is pissed with him and the fact that again we're going to bring up sue digby the whole fact that we find out that adam's ex-wife is responsible for her killing and sue digby is a huge part of the justice league she has no powers she has she's kind of like you know not a secretary to him but she's like part of their family and for Hawkman, you know, I would be upset like Hawkman too. You know, that person killed somebody close to all of us, and yet you're going to give her a second chance. Or not even so much a second chance, but you're just going to forgive her. That And for him, for him it was kind of like, well, you know, I don't like that. It's not a controversy between Hawkman and Adam because they're good friends. But the whole point of the whole death situation with Sue Digby really kind of threw a wrench in them because Adam was kind of like, not the culprit, 
but you know it was kind of like I wouldn't say guilty by association either but since he was married to her and was still close with her and then they find out it's kind of like did you really know something or not at this point so it was guilty by association somewhat but (laughs) even then they still trusted him and and Ray Paul Yeah. yeah they still trusted him so Let's go ahead and continue on, buddy. All right. So we jump to Mara uh, as she's finally agreed with Garth and the Atlanteans uh, to bring Arthur's body to Atlantis for his final resting place. Uh, but as they go try to retrieve his body to, from the surface, um, his grave has been desecrated. Uh, they try to run down on who could have done it. Uh, but as they do, they hear a voice behind them which ends up being Black Lantern, Aquaman. Uh, At this point, uh, Aquaman then starts to fight off the likes of Mara, uh, Garth, and the Atlantan soldiers. And one of the coolest scenes of of Aquaman that, honestly, we can both agree with, is uh, after Aquaman throws down Mara, taunts... And that's not the coolest scene. We don't condone. No, no, no. Not that. Yeah. But we don't condone uh, violence like that. <laughs> that's not the coolest <laughs> scene. But after Aquaman throws down Mara and taunts and demean her uh, to answer his questions, some Elysian, uh, Atlantean, Atlantean, Atlantean soldiers try to intervene. But in the process, Aquaman uses his fish sense to communicate with the predators of the ocean and they attack and kill the Atlantean soldiers. <laughs> Ain't no one messing with a fish sense now. This guy knows what he's doing, even as a Black Lantern can still use his powers to get these guys up. Yeah, it's funny because that's like been the butt of every Aquaman joke. Let's let's talk to the whales. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has joked about his powers, and now you see like full force what they could do if he actually used them. Did it not look like the fish that he called up looked dead? That's how I looked at it. They were like zombie sharks. Zombie zombie fish. Yeah, it was just weird. It could be wrong, but it literally looked like it. Doesn't mean it is. You know. (laughs) Go ahead. Let's go ahead and get So now we see two other Black Lanterns helping Aquaman, which is uh, Dolphin and Tula? Yeah, Dolphin and Tula? They are. I kind of got confused with those two. I, I remember, I'm not a big Aquaman guy, so when I'm sitting there yeah. watching, reading this, I'm like, who's these two? So they were also resurrected with uh, Black Lantern rings. Uh, they start to attack and torment Garth, and during their fight, Tula takes out and kills Garth, allowing him to be resurrected with a Black Lantern ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, after that, we jump back to Hal and Barry. Uh, they're talking about another hero that is fearing of being resurrected, uh, which was Dead Man. Yes. What was it? But yeah. It, was it, this was before we go back to them because this is this is a big scene in the story. Yeah. Or not a big scene, but it's actually kind of a curious scene. What's going to happen? So, Brandon, you've mentioned Dead Man to me quite a few times before, and you've been telling me that I should get into him because I would really like him. So why don't you go ahead and tell me and some of our fans who Deadman is? Sure. Um, Deadman is also named Boston Brand. Um, was one of the best circus acrobats all over the world and was murdered in his prime. 
after his death, oh, Robin, what was it? Brand, <laughs> Brand Spirit was granted the power given to him by a Hindu god by the name of Rama Krishna to possess any living being. This would allow him to kind of go and try to find his murderer, plus also kind of help out others. So he's a good detective, but he's kind of a smart alecky kind of guy. I, that's why I figured if you like Deadpool, you like things like that, I knew you were going to like him. Um, not only is Brand a ghost slash spirit, he's a superhero. He does help. He's on teams like Justice League Dark. He's on different teams that help him out. Um, I know, Willie, you would love him. Um, yeah. So it, it probably sounds like it. Like I want, I want to kind of jump into this point because this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole story. The fact that Dead Man is dead and his spirit is living. He, this scene, he was in a fetal position, fearing to be resurrected. Now, we, you know, like we said, we come back to Dead Man, pretty much. Now we like what was it? But since he's dead, he's fearing if he's going to be resurrected by a Black Lantern ring. He's, like I said, in, now after this, a few heroes start to investigate. Pretty much what happens is a Black Ring does come to him and his body is resurrected. Um, which we come to him later because we find out he can still possess bodies and still try to give information. So he's still helping, but his body's pretty much resurrected. Now we jump to a few heroes. Um, I think it was Santana. Um I can't remember all of them, but pretty much Santana was one of them. I believe Phantom Stranger was another um, and a couple others. Um, start to investigate who could have done this to Dead Man's Grave. But as they do this, they're met by a newly appointed Black Lantern, the Spectre. Oh, before we go into that, so since Dead, dead, dead Man, Dead Man, Dead Man, yeah, since, since Dead Man is dead and what most people see him as is kind of like a like a spirit mm -hmm. so if they resurrect the body of dead man is it dead man is it just the body that's going to be resurrected or will it affect the spirit so we're going to get to that later because there is yeah. a scene later where you do see him still possessing bodies and he's still helping the heroes to fight these guys off but he can't really do tons because his body is alive or resurrected. So yeah. it's, it's kind of confusing, but it's actually kind of an interesting one to see. Now, before I jump back to you, Will, to kind of take over, do you know who the Spectre is? Not a clue. He is the spirit of vengeance, the wrath of God. The spirit is bound to a human host and acts his vengeance on those who do wrong in the world. Most famously, he bonds with Hal Jordan. Um anybody who loves rebirth anybody who loves specter you see specter and rebirth and it's him versus parallax trying to possess hal jordan um so willie i'm going to go ahead and hand the mic back over to you thanks wow. <laughs> he just punched so <laughs> no i grabbed the mic Oh, <laughs> the imaginary mic that we have. I should have a mic out here just as a prop. That way, whenever you say you hand over the mic, I can just like pick up the mic. Oh, I thought you punched the screen. I was sitting there. It's like, what? What are you punching the screen for, man? Jump in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we head back to Hal and Barry as they fight off the newly appointed Black Lantern Martian Manhunter. Uh, during this fight, 
Hal is thrown into the bat signal uh, where Barbara and Jim Gordon are standing in hope that somebody will answer their call. Uh, now, during this time, uh, as they help Jordan out with the signal, uh, he lets us, the reader, know that uh, he was sent all the available knowledge to Barbara, aka Oracle, to help alert all members of the Justice League of the ongoing situation. Uh, How gets back into the battle to help Barry fight off Martian Manhunter, and they come up with an idea of taking John, 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 and John, just John, John Jones. John is, Jones. Is, it's just John. Yeah. Okay. John. Uh, so they come up with an idea of taking John down with chemicals. Uh, these chemicals would eventually lead to an explosion, which in Martian Manhunter, which is Martian Manhunter Hunter's Hunter's weakness. It's fire. Um, after that, Barry asked Jordan if uh, he was able to get in contact with any other Green Lanterns. How responds back with no, uh, that he still hasn't been able to communicate with anyone from Oa, uh, which is the home planet of Green Lantern Corps. Uh, then Flash asks uh, an interesting question. Uh, if he feels if this is an isolated case or if there are more uh, empty graves and black rings out there. Hal was some somehow has no answer for that. He he can't tell. Uh, Barry then says he wants to recover some of the remains of Martian Manhunter to investigate what is going on. But as he goes to gather him, as he goes to gather up the remains, Martian Manhunter, along with uh, Black Lantern, Hawkman, Hawk Girl, and Firestorm an elongated man, and Sue Digby, pretty much a whole bunch, uh, emerge from the smoke and ready for a fight. Uh, as well as another hero yeah. at the time, uh, Abin Sur? Yeah, so... His he, name was pronounced? Yes, Abin Sur. Um, he was resurrected Beef. What was it? He didn't come and join the fight. He was just another person that a ring went to. So we don't know how he's coming in, but I take it as he's buried in, I believe he's buried somewhere on Earth because that's where he lands. And then, okay. So for anybody who doesn't know what Abin Sur is, that's pretty much what it is. He pretty much is the guy who gives Hal Jordan his ring. Huh. Becomes Green Lantern. But he was probably one of the more powerful ones. He is Sinestro's, one of Sinestro's good friends. Um, that's who he respected a lot. And so, yeah, that's who Abin Sur is. So another thing that happens was uh, Hawk and Dove are given rings. Um, so what happens here, I believe Dove turned away the rings, uh, saying that Dove was at peace. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something to really keep in mind for what happens later on. It does play a kind, not a huge, amazing part, but it does play a part in a later segment. Right. So everybody who's listening, keep that in mind. Right. Uh, we end the issue with Hal saying, uh, my name is Hal Jordan. I'm an officer of the Green Lantern Corps sector, space sector 2814. 
I was chosen be because overcoming fear isn't a problem, uh, but the rule book never said anything about death. So that kind of goes back to the first or the, the prologue. Yeah. He talks about that and it kind of jumps into this. So now he's starting to realize stuff is happening that he doesn't even know about. So, yeah. Yeah, that ends part two. Um, Will, what was your take on this? What was your, what did you feel like you learned from this section? What did you feel like, you know, what was some of the things you loved about it? Honestly, I felt like this was like where the intensity of everything really started to take off mm -hmm. because you have like so much action going on mm -hmm. and right off the bat, it looks like, it looks like the weights are highly stacked against uh, the good guys at this point. Right. So it's like already you can kind of see like it is not going to end well. Right. And I feel like for me, it's just showing it's not just something on Earth. That now, oh, granted, we already had Kat Matui and things like that, but you have Abin Sur now being resurrected. You have Spectre yeah. who's pretty much... a a spirit throughout the universe and you had dead man yeah so it's not just so much focusing around just it focus around it's pretty much going to be around it, this is going to be more of a dc event more than just a green lantern event so yeah and what's really interesting is that like another thing that shows you that it's not just something that's it's not just something that's affecting earth it's mm -hmm. affecting that Hal is not able to get contact with right. anyone from Oa, right. which kind of helps you get the feeling that maybe there's something going on right now on a more grander scale. Now, I kind of want to address this too because it is a part that we need to bring up. This does take place after the events of Sinestro Corps War and the War of Lights. So everybody's pretty much at odds. All the Lantern Corps are pretty much at odds. I think like blue and green work together because of course they're close like that. But pretty much all the Lantern Corps are pretty much at war. So everything's going on like that right now and still the War of the Lights are still happening. But then you have Blackest Night. And then that pretty much brings them on all together later on in the story. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Now the one I want to bring up again is Dove. Now Dove is an interesting character. Now granted, we there's two Doves um what was it one's a man one's a woman i can't i want to say don granger is the woman i can't remember the man it, it i'm i grew up more with don or granger more than i grew up with the man duff i never really kind of got into hot stuff so i don't know tons about it but um dove is going to be one that we need to keep in mind because the woman dove um don granger we're going to find out has a lot to do with how this is really going to come find a way to win so we're going to jump right to part three um was it i'll yeah, take so over. I'll you want to take over i'll take over here and then you can okay part four um if only we had this planned out ahead of time hey hey no. <laughs> hey you said it was a script man no i'm just <laughs> um return to how and barry as they take on the black lantern members hawkman hawk girl elongated band and sue digby Firestorm and Martian Manhunter. During this battle, a couple of things happened that we need to bring up. During the skirmish, Barry tries to detach the Black Lantern ring from Firestorm. He notices something weird. Looks like when the ring 
when the ring attached itself to Firestorm or any other host, it grows roots inside of them. So you can't just take them off. It's just going to come right back to them. It's not going to kill them. It's not going to do anything. It's just pretty much so that you know these are zombies at this point. We also see another superhero come emerge. And it's not a Black Lantern. But we find out he's been hiding in one of the rings or on one of the rings. Ray Palmer, the Atom. So we find out when we, because he can travel through the phone. That's how he traveled. He traveled through the, the voice to the receiver and started noticing something was weird. And instead of showing up, he hides on one of the rings and pretty much grows. And now he, you know, he says something interesting I think we need to bring up. Sorry if it's so scientific. Ray Palmer is a scientist. He's probably one of the smartest men. So please bear with us. Adam says the following, the ring has some porous structures as bones or dark matter, the unseen skeletal anatomy of the universe. It's laced with microscopic wormholes that are channeling some kind of energy to know who knows where, who knows why. And they start to ponder why they're targeting their fallen comrades. So it's something we need to bring up. I know it's a little scientific-y for our liking, but does have kind of an interesting point to bring up. So let's keep that in mind too. Sounded uh, simple to me. I don't know what you're worried about. <laughs> person, I'm, you know, I never, was never a science fan. So I don't know a lot of that. Um, now we mentioned before with Firestorm, for anybody who doesn't know, this hero is a fusion of two humans to create this hero. Originally it was Ronnie Raymond, who was a Black Lantern Firestorm at this point and Professor Stein. But at this point in time, there are two other people who now fuse to be the new Firestorm. The names are Jason and Jen. They're a potential couple. It's kind of hinted to a lot. Um, they go to dinner, things like that. Um, and at this point, they are at the Justice League headquarters and notice that the emergency signal has been set off. When researching who set off the alarm, they notice whoever set it off used Aquaman's code. Now, it's kind of being serious here because Aquaman is dead. They know that, but they don't know what's going on. They turn to the screens and see the floods of reports are coming in with Black Lanterns invading all over the world. And all of a sudden, Mera appears from the shadows and tries to attack Firestorm, but realizes that they aren't Black, they are Black, or they are not Black Lanterns. There we go. Um, now, pardon us as we jump back to Hal, Barry, and Ray as they fend off the Black Lantern Corps members. Um, at this point, Black Lanterns are about to recruit another member into their corps, which is Ray Palmer, as they pretty much have him brutalized and, and tormented, especially by Longgate Man. Now, we've already talked about Longgate Man. Um, I'm not going to go too much back into it because I don't want to sound repetitive. Um, he taunts him and pretty much makes him feel like crap for everything that happened to Sue. So we're not going to go too much into it. Um, but, um, but as they were about to deal the killing blow to Palmer, the Indigo tribe came in to save the day. They were able to serve or sever some of the Black Lantern rings from members of the Corps. Now, Willie, I want to mention this to you. Who, I know you've talked about them. Do you find the Indigo tribe very interesting? And they are interesting. Yeah. I guess what's interesting about them mostly is because 
I, I, I feel there are two reasons. One is one that you know and you've mentioned a lot. It has to do with the whole concept of compassion, mm-hmm. how oftentimes when it comes to the comic books, uh, the people who do end up getting the indigo ring are not always the people who are the most compassionate. It's quite oftentimes ends up being the people who are the least compassionate. Right. And it's kind of a way of symbolizing that it's their kind of redemption ways to like of realizing that they have wronged in the past and their way to change things in the future by showing compassion. Um, and for me, one of the standings that I got was when it comes to the idea of compassion is one of the core emotions. Um, I always felt it was interesting because I felt compassion was of all of them, the most humane um, emotion in, in the spectrum and all in the core, Mm -hmm. Uh, because the other ones, they're very, they're very based. Right. And it's like, they're all kind of emotions that almost anybody could, um, that anybody could like uh, portray from no matter what alien race you're thinking about. Right. When it came to compassion, I felt like, I mean, I'm, I'm probably biased because I'm human, but I felt like that's a very human emotion. Um, I think I felt I felt like that was something that was very rare to see in regards to the comic book universes right. that other alien races could like give. Right. So I, I I just felt that one was very unique, and that's why I like the Indigo Core. Yeah, and I agree with you. It's not it it does go to compassionate people. It's not bad. The people who can show great compassion is a good one. But that's where you hear us talk about in the anime video that we did with anime characters and power rings is it's not always that situation. It, you know, it goes to villains. It's went to Sinestro. It's went to different ones that make them regret the things they've done and to show that they can be compassionate. So it targets both. And I agree with you. It's kind of, it's one of the different ones. Like, I will say this, I think Indigo and Rage are two different ones because rage they can infect people with it mm-hmm. that's where they vomit or things like that on them like and i mean they vomit like red like blood on them and stuff like that and they you know they could become red lanterns and we see that in the game injustice for any justice fans that's what they do to hal jordan and there's different things like that so it's interesting it's an interesting story um greed's a pretty unique one too because there's only one yeah and that's Larfleas. Even yeah. on this story, we're going to show there's actually can be more than one, but you're going to see how quick that doesn't last. So <laughs> uh, now at this point, the Indigo tribe was able to transport Harry or Hal, Barry, and Ray to Justice League headquarters. This is where we find out the main Indigo tribe member, the woman that we find that attacked and was able to sever some of the rings from the Black Lanterns. Um, she goes by the name of Indigo One. And we find out they do this because it is like kind of like they're you know they don't go by names kind of thing they're kind of like they're numbered pretty much 
And before she talks about the events that are transpiring, she states to Ray Palmer that the, their rings long to heal him. So the interesting part about the story, and we'll kind of talk a little bit about it, is that some of these characters you're going to find out later get lantern rings. And they can see the light of certain ones. So Ray, they can see a lot of compassion. And, and that shows with him trying to long to forgive his ex-wife and to long to do things. He has a lot of compassion towards others. Um, you know, we're going to find out, like, think, what was it? They showed Mara with rage. So you're going to see different things, different emotions in people. Um, they ask Indigo One what's going on, and she states the following. In the beginning, the universe belonged to the darkness, and then there was light. For 700 years, the universe was nothing but blinding white light. Then the darkness fought back and the white splintered. Every sentient being born from the light now contributes to its emotional spectrum. Our state of being at adds to its respective light. Sorry there for a minute. And it can be collected and condensed into power. After she finished talking about each lantern core and how they all have something to do with the light, she ends with this. Today, the darkness fights back again, and it's begun an assault on the core. Their home worlds are under attack by the Black Lanterns. So kind of a neat little summary there, right? Well, I, about what's yeah. been going on, everything like that. So it's a very symbolic scene, right. really, because the, like in a lot of aspects, and when you look at like religious stories, it's always the battle of light and dark. In the beginning, there was light and dark right and not even that good and evil you know yeah so we start with this as their conversation continues they are interrupted by black lanterns um, during their skirmish ronnie raymond the black lantern firestorm takes on the new firestorm and to sum up their battle without going into details and everything like that black lantern firestorm infuses jason and jen when jason tries to stop ronnie from hurting jen ronnie is able to fuse with jason trapping him in his subconscious, just the same way Stein was to him. The sad thing is that Ronnie tortures Jason by making him watch him killing Jen. And pretty much he, he, she, he turns her to like table salt. Like that is such a gruesome death. Not, not, it's not horrific like in the, the pages and stuff, but it's just something that you, Ronnie tortured him and made him feel that way. Yeah. Now, during this fight, more Black Lantern rings start heading out. Um, again, some characters we know, some characters we don't. Um, I'll go over a few of them. John Monroe, who also goes by the name of Weasel, which if anybody Weasel. knows, is from the Suicide Squad movie. Um, Arthur Light, who is, I mean, I, I'm trying to, Dr. Light, sorry about that. I was trying to remember, it's like, I believe he's Dr. Light, but he's more of a villain. Um, Crystal Frost, Killer Frost. Um, there's another one I don't know tons about, and even when I try to find stuff about him, I didn't know tons. John Ravenhair, never heard of him. But Alexander Luthor is the interesting one. Now, Alexander Luthor is from Earth Three. Willie, are you familiar with Earth Three? Not as much as I should. Crime Syndicate. That's the world of the Crime Syndicate, where all the heroes in our normal world are villains. And all the villains that we all know and love are heroes. And Alexander Again, Luthor is Lex Luthor. 
again, not as much as I should. Yeah. So he's, I, I really do want to get more into that though, because the concept is like very interesting. How yeah. like the whole role reversal thing. Now with more black lantern rings coming out and being attached to people. And not only that, the more the lanterns kill people, um, their percentage at this point, at the end of part three is at 56.59%, pretty exact, but you're going to see in the next part, it jumps and we're talking big time. It's like in the nineties. So that ends part three. Now, Will, let's talk about part three. What was things that you took out of this? What were things that you didn't? What were things you liked? What things did not? What would you send hate mail to Jeff John saying? What were you doing? <laughs> well, I I can only sum this up with Indigo Tribe. Yes. I mean, this was the greatest. I think it was like the first appearance of the Indigo Tribe, wasn't it? I can't remember that to be exact. I can't really say that for sure if that was really their first appearance or not. I think they were in it before but they weren't really that big. And then they made it big more in this story, if I'm not mistaken. The first like wide known appearance of the Indigo tribe to the rest of the universe, pretty much, I would say. I, I can't, that's why I said, I want to say there was a little series in between before this, but I can't swear by that. It's been a long time. Yeah. So, no. But yeah, that's, that's my main interest. Cause as well, you know, I do like the Indigo tribe. I will agree with you. Um, I like their explanation of what's going on. Now, two, I want to bring up to, uh, I'm going to kind of mention this, and then we're going to kind of mention this in the next part. Um, at this point, Indigo One is actually, I didn't write this in our notes. Indigo One pretty much is trying to say to Hal, we need to recruit the other Lantern Corps. Because at this point, the only way we're going to win is we work together. So she pretty much teleports Hal away so they can start focusing on getting at least some of the core members of each light or each power core or each lantern core, whatever you want to say, call it. Yeah. I'll get it out one way or another. Um, now, this is going to be a big event. Um, like I said, we'll get to those lantern core members in part five. So that will start our next segment. But what the time being, we're going to go ahead and jump to the last part we're covering in this segment, part four. Willie, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, so we start this part off with Black Hand walking through a cemetery in Coast City. And while walking, he says this statement. Uh, Do you think because Superman and the Flash and Green Arrow cheated death before, they can cheat it again? Uh, he continues to say the following. Uh, they cannot escape my Lord. Uh, they will not. Let there be light uh, sparks the beginning of the war. Our blackest night will end it. That's a pretty heavy statement. Yes, it is. It is. It really is. What was it? It, it really did. It, I enjoyed that statement. And I enjoyed it, but it kind of was an interesting one because I think now at this point is when I really started figuring out too. It's like, it's not just targeting dead people it's not just targeting fallen comrades they're talking about characters who've been resurrected so yeah. so yeah it's a big scene what was it that right there was just like oh crap what's going on yeah so at this point uh black hand is 
while Black Hand is saying this, uh, the Black Lantern power level shows that it is at 93.55%. So like you said, it was a huge jump. Right. Now, I want to bring up something before we continue, because like we said, the he walks through the cemetery Coast City. Do you know why Coast City is so significant to the Green Lantern mythos? No, I really don't. So it's a home world, or it's the home of Hal Jordan. And this, if you guys are interested in reading Emerald Twilight and the two issues before that, I'd recommend it. Cyborg Superman and Mongol, all people, decide, decide to go, hey, we're going to destroy Coast City. And they do. This is where Hal grieves. This is where Hal is in agony and tries to use his ring to recreate Coast City. In the process, he violates the Green Lantern Code, which mean, or which was pretty much one of the rules, which pretty much stated you can't use your ring for self-interest or anything like that. So pretty much how it goes insane, pretty much kills or decapitates any Green Lantern that comes in his way, kills Sinestro, kills Kilowog, and takes over the central battery and becomes Parallax. So just because of that alone, that just shows you how significant Coast City is too, because it is the home of Green or Hal Jordan. But not only that, it plays a significant role in the story. So yeah, we'll go ahead and jump right back. I wanted. To- All right. So at this point, uh, Hal is left to go with Indigo One uh, to help bring together members of the other Lantern Corps uh, to take on the threat. So we jump to Flash, Mara, and Ray as they fight off more Black Lanterns. Uh, They start to be bombarded by a huge Black Lantern army as as they fled through the Justice League headquarters. Uh, Like we said at the last part, Jordan... Jason. Or Jason. My bad. Uh, Jason, who is one half of the new Firestorm, uh, is being held captive in uh ronnie raymond who was the original and his current black lantern firestorm uh jason jason finds a way to emerge out of his captivity and warns flash that the black ring wants barry allen uh he warns him that he needs to outrun it and get out of there as soon as possible um and again they show us the power level of the black lantern rings and they're at 93.88%. Uh, Ray Palmer goes to the nearest phone he could find, dials 911, tells Marin Flash to hold on as they teleport to the nearest police station. Now, I have uh, to mention something quick. Did you know, I, I was thinking, is he seriously calling 911 to take on these Black Lanterns? I was sitting there, first I was like, what are you doing? Like, this is going to be more up to you. They're not going to be able to do anything against him. And I'm sitting there just like, what are you thinking? <laughs> Knee jerk reaction. And then when you really realize what he's doing, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like he's just trying to get out of there now. So it was just in there. I, I remember having that moment when I reread, it. I was like, did you seriously just dial 911 and then just expect them to show up and help? Like something like this. Yeah, they're going to. I remember denying that, but it's just one of those things. It's just like, they have no chance compared to lanterns and super- hello 911. What's your emergency? You're fighting what now? Yeah, I can't help you. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to go, I'm going to go bye-bye. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll just start digging my grave now. Oh, it's nothing like that. It's just one of those things. It's just like, it kind of just made me feel like, did they seriously just do that? And then realize like, oh, that makes sense. Like he was just one of those like. And I'm not going to lie. It, it definitely gives you the, it like it definitely adds to the, um, the idea that uh, Adam and Ant-Man were kind of based off each other because that's the exact mentality you can see Ant-Man having right. like immediately go to call 911. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I can't do nothing. I just shrink. I'm just going to call 911. <laughs> it's like, that was the mentality where you kind of feel like, okay, maybe they are similar. And then you realize what he's doing. Okay. It's like, yeah, maybe they're not. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll go right ahead and jump because I think the next part's probably the most interesting. All right. Uh, now we transition to Gotham City as a Black Lantern, Azrael, starts to terrorize Gotham City. Um, he scares most people away except for one person, uh, Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Scarrow. 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 Scarecrow. John Snow? Uh, you talk about John <laughs> Scarrow. I'm, I'm never going to let you down on that one. <laughs> but after we're done taunting me about mispronouncing words because I can't talk, um, Jonathan, buddy. <laughs> um, Jonathan Crane, uh, Scarecrow. So why don't you go ahead and talk a bit about scarecrow because i've know i've heard you talk before how, how you really like scarecrow so tell us a bit about him scarecrow is pretty much a doctor he's what was he studied like phobias it's one of his biggest things he studies every type of phobia that's why i said in this story alone it just shows you how much fear he can instill in somebody and i'll talk about this part quick will if you don't mind go ahead i love this panel where it's just Scarecrow staring down Azrael. And then Azrael just walks right past him. And you can see, Azrael can see he has a yellow light, which is fear. Now, granted, one of my favorite things he mentions is that nothing can scare him other than Batman himself. Because he has seen that Batman is not affected by him. And that really, he doesn't have a lot of fears. And the fact that he goes up to him, he just goes, what are you going to do? And Batman scares him because it's like he can't do nothing against him. So he has in the past, but Batman's found ways to get around it. So it's a good, interesting story. Jonathan Crane, for anybody who doesn't know, like I said, doctor and phobias, everything like that, and then uses it to become a villain and come Scarecrow. Um, I think in the movies, he's played by Killian Murphy in Batman Begins. Um which to me by far still like i know there's not a lot of movie adaptations with him yet but hoping there is soon even then even though killian murphy could come back and i'd still love him it was he just played a good role so let's jump right back into it because like i said we're going to wait on that a little bit more scarecrow yeah. we'll come back in later right, so we jump back to flash adam and mara uh flash says he's going to rally the troops to help fight this uh, he tells Mara and the Adam to find Alan Scott and tell them uh, what they found out so far. 
um, that his green can be used to help thin out the herd of Black Lantern cores. Uh, with this information, the Atom tries to route a call to uh, Mr. Terrific's T-Sphere. Mm -hmm. uh, he mentions whenever Mr. Terrific, wherever Mr. Terrific is, uh, he will be with Alan Scott. Uh, his plan works and they're able to talk to Alan Scott. Alan mentions how his ring is not able to operate the same way Hal's does, uh, that his ring is not connected to the power battery that Hal's is. Um, it is its own power source, but he is somewhat able to hold them off. Uh, we see Flash running as fast as he can to rally the troops to fight back the herd. Uh, and then we turn back to Blackhand as he continues from earlier uh, and says, light is, light is everything to them, especially in the end. Uh, but the tunnel of light they see, uh, it leads to where they least expect. The Guardians unite lies. Ultimate. The, ultimate, the Guardians ultimate lie. Uh, it's hidden here beneath the dead. And need to keep this in mind because uh, it plays a big part later in the story. And, and then we also get to see where the power level for the Black Lantern is again, and it's at 97.79%. Really unique number combination right there, but I'll, I'll, well, I'll skip past that. Um, <laughs> now we turn back... I never really it's, it's, paid attention to that. <laughs> it's like 97.79. And I was like, yeah, made me realize that. I was like, like very creative. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we turn back to the Adam as he is assisting uh, the superhero damage to take on the old Adam. Uh, and after they take him out, uh, a hand of the Black Lantern punches through the chest of damage and takes his heart out. Can I tell you who that is? Because I know I didn't put this in my notes, but it is somebody that we've talked about. Yes, because I cannot recall. Gene Loring, which is Adam's ex-wife. Hmm. Man sure is a player. <laughs> is now a player in this. Gene Loring is her name. So hmm. what was it? So we'll go ahead and jump back to you because at this point, this is about to end where we are going to. Yeah, so we are getting close to the end. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us what happens when the Black Lantern reaches uh, the Black Lantern power reaches 100%. Necron comes back to life to haunt. The world. <gasps> Not back to <laughs> Necron just decides to walk on Earth and transport himself to Coast City. Yeah, not do anything, just walk on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to think of anybody, he's like death times ten. So yeah, I looked at him, I was like, that's death. Like I wouldn't want to see that. Um, pretty much. Um, when this happens, the entity of Black Lantern Corps and Necron rises to wreak havoc on life itself. Yeah. So with Necron back on Earth, uh, he first comes across Barry Allen flash and that is where we end yes part four 
So not only is this how we end part four, this is how we're ending this segment. Um, like we said, we're going to continue and, you know, come back. What was it? Release something in a few days after to talk about, or a few days after. We're going we're gonna to release something in about a few days going over part five through eight to finish the story. This is just a vast story for just one outtake. We felt like we wouldn't give it justice if we just ran through it quick. So we are going to end at part four. Um, part two of Blackest Night, we'll start off with part five. So please tune in. Um, like I said, you can listen to our podcast anywhere on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. You can follow us on Facebook and join in on the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at Comic Talkers. And without further ado, my name is Brandon. And I am Necron. Or at least that's how I imagine he sounds. You would be a freaking Necron. All right. <laughs> and thank you for listening. And let comics be the top of your discussion. Bye.